0: Is that any better? Yes? I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, because it's Easter Sunday, do you know we celebrate Jesus is alive every day, don't we? But, you know, it is Easter Sunday, and um, if you're from another nation, just remind me, let me know, how you say Jesus is alive? Just in Farsi, how do you say Jesus is alive? <laughs> okay. Uh, in Tigrinian, is there any Tigrinian speakers in? Brilliant, Ben. Excellent. Uh, oh, uh, Portuguese, I guess, is it? Go for it, Jay. Brilliant, excellent. Any others? Korean? Mandarin? Chinese? Anyone? Young? Go on. Oh, Amen, yeah. Any other language, any other languages in? Kurdish Okay, Turkish Brilliant, excellent Mohamed <laughs> Any others? Oh, <laughs> oh <man>. Dederai
1: <Good. laughs>
0: Afrikaans I <laughs> don't need to too many chocolates <laughs> Mehdi Goodish. Brilliant. Excellent. Any others? I don't want to leave any out. Ah, oh, ready. I don't want to leave anyone out. MC. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Anyone else? Ah! Go for me. Zulu. Zulu. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that, oh, uh, Andy. Brilliant. Africa, Thank you. Great. Right. Now, do. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Brilliant. Well, unsurprisingly this morning, we're going to be focusing on one of the accounts of the resurrection. And so if you've got a Bible, you can open it to John 20, and we're going to be reading from verse 1. But don't worry if you haven't, we have it on the screen. So that's John 20 from verse 1. Quite a long bit of text, so bear with me. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb, Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went to the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The the cloth was folded up uh, by itself, separate from the linen. Finally the other disciple who reached the tomb first went inside he saw and believed they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead Then the disciples went back to their homes but Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw the angels in white uh, saw two angels in white seated where Jesus body had been one at the head And the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, Why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I've not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. There was an interesting article this week uh, in the Spectator magazine. Not that I often read the Spectator magazine; I'm not that clever. Uh, but I just saw it on, on the internet. I thought, you know, that's such an interesting article. It's the type of thing I'm sure Mike reads, picks up the Spectator only every week. I'm sure it does. <laughs> As Jackie laughs. Anyway, there was an article about Easter in the Spectator this week, and uh, the journalist said this: It's Easter, not Christmas that makes Christianity such a radical religion. In a world where we are invited to worship strength and power, the symbol of churchgoers is a man on the cross, defeated, despised and rejected. And then he goes on to say, the story of Easter is one of pain as well as joy. The worst suffering before the greatest jubilation. If you're not a believer, there's no story which has more to say about hope and despair about the hope and despair of being human if you are it's the most important event in history that's amazing that's not from a Christian magazine or anything like that but that is so so true so this morning we're looking at three ways the resurrection changes everything hope uh, sorry truth satisfaction and hope. See, we live in a world where the word resurrection can mean so many different things, can't it? Uh, we might say, you know, a singer has resurrected their career, or a footballer has resurrected their uh, playing career. Well, actually, what we mean is they haven't been resurrected, we just mean they've kind of found some artistic uh, talent again, afresh. Uh, or that uh, they've just got their fitness back to its original form and they're playing uh, how they used to. You know, we certainly don't mean something or someone was utterly dead and has been miraculously brought back to life. You might think that Middlesbrough Football Club need a miraculous resurrection to their previous form to make the playoffs, but they don't. They just need to play better than the other teams and score more goals. not resurrection. (laughs) And, you know, in our modern thinking, we can have certain reactions to the resurrection, certain reactions to what we've just read. Here are just two of them. We can say, you know, dead people don't come back to life. See, often people's Uh, reason for uh, rejecting the resurrection of Jesus isn't I've weighed up all the evidence and uh, I've seen that actually I've come to this decision that he didn't and it didn't happen they simply reject it because they're committed to something else they're committed to materialism they're committed to um, a a way of life that says uh, you know what we see is all there is and that's it miracles don't happen they can't happen. I can't begin to consider the message of the first Easter 2,000 years ago because my, the way I think about things, the way I understand things, won't allow me to. You now people say, We've got, I've got that way because of progress, because of science. You know, people 2,000 years ago might have thought about that, but not now. <laughs> but the fact is, people of Jesus' day, Middle Eastern culture then wouldn't have thought about resurrection either. See, both the Jewish and Greek thought of the time wouldn't have considered resurrection from the dead as possible. See, Greek thought, which would have been very popular at the time, would have said that our flesh and our blood, our bodies, are bad. These are bad, bad bodies. Only our spirits are good. Uh, They're the good parts of us, what's inside And, uh, you know, a person being raised from the dead can't happen because if their spirit escaped from their body, there's no way it would want to have anything more to do with its body. It's escaped, it's free, it's gone. Good riddance to the body. And Jewish thinking would have said, well, actually, resurrection was for the end of the world, not any other time. They had no concept of it happening any time before that. The second reaction that people can have to the resurrection is this. Do you know that's really good if it works for you? If that brings you to a better place, if that works for you in your life, if that makes you a better person, that's really good. But it doesn't work for me. I've weighed it up and I've decided it's, it's not for me. It doesn't work for me. It's not like the first first reaction, things things can't happen. It's very much like, no, no, I decide what the truth is. The line of truth gets decided in here, in me. And uh, if it doesn't suit me, if it doesn't please me, if it doesn't work with my life, well then I, I reject it. But John, as we've read... This morning, and all the other gospel writers as well, don't record this account saying, you know, here's something that might work for you, uh, or it might not. Actually, what they wrote was an actual historical event Jesus was beaten, crucified on a cross, died, buried, yet three days later, risen from the dead, leaving an empty tomb and appearing to his followers. See, some people will also say, their reaction will be, well, you know, it was probably just a legend that grew over over maybe maybe hundreds of years. It probably didn't start out that way, but it probably just grew like that, and that's why we get this story of the resurrection. However, the Apostle Paul, uh, in uh, uh, a book of the Bible called, uh, it's a letter he writes to the Corinthian church, and uh, he writes this in it, he says this, To that church. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter and to the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. See, clever scholars put that letter as being written between about 50 and 60 AD. That's only about 20 years after Jesus' death. So the idea that the resurrection story just kind of built and grew and grew over many, many years doesn't hold water. There hadn't been time. In fact, Paul says in that letter that, as I've read, he appeared to 500, more than 500 people. Most of them are still alive. He's basically saying, do you know, You can go and ask them. They're still alive. You can go and find them and ask them about Jesus. See, if the resurrection is true, then the events of that first Easter are rooted in human history, in our history. And that means if Jesus is raised from the dead, it completely changes all we think about what he said and what he did in fact we're challenged to believe all he said about himself who he was who he is, God in the flesh, God come to earth the God man inviting us back to the heavenly father I remember growing up as a teenager, I still remember that it wasn't too long I remember growing up uh, in a Christian family. And we went to church. We hung around uh, uh, church settings. Do you know, I acted like the son of a church family. I acted like I thought I should act. However, in my teenage years, in my growing up and in my thinking, I was suddenly confronted with, with this. Surely, surely I didn't believe the stuff in the Bible about Jesus. I could believe in a God in heaven who loved me most of the time but a man that claimed to be God that was nailed to a cross that was buried and then rose from the dead I didn't need that I didn't need that but then one Easter and I remember it was Easter one Easter time as a teenager it was the early 1990s I'm looking at some of you thinking, oh my goodness, I might not have been born in the early 1990s. Um, You know, the Premier League had just about started. My dad's mobile phone was about as big as a house. Rave music was at its peak. If you're from a different nation, people in the early 90s used to dance around in farmer's fields with glow sticks until the early hours of the morning. I'm sure Paul Cattrall did that, didn't you? You were there, yes. With your glow sticks. There were still only four channels on telly. I'm guessing some of you can probably remember when there was only two on telly. All this was going on. And me. I was confronted with what was written in the Bible by the guys who wrote the Gospels. That Jesus, claimed to be God, was crucified on a cross but rose from the dead. And suddenly, that Easter, I realised, I realised all it meant and all it meant for me. And it totally changed how I saw all he said and did his claims about himself. Hey, maybe that's the same for you this Easter. 20 years on, maybe that's the same for you. So, firstly, in the resurrection, we encounter a truth. Secondly, we see satisfaction. See, at first, the public execution of Jesus seems like a tragedy, doesn't it? What a tragic event. You know, like someone cut down in their prime. Like when you see one of these sports people. Do you know, they had so much to give and cut down so young. Or a public figure like Princess Diana, do you know, cut down tragically in her youth. What a sad tragedy. However, the resurrection... Uh, sorry, the, the death of Christ wasn't a tragedy. It wasn't a tragic story. The resurrection reminds us that something else was going on. See, the cross wasn't God's defeat. Rather, it was God dealing a death blow to sin and death. See, we don't like to talk about sin, do we? sounds a bit old-fashioned. We don't like it. But sin is this, rebelling against a holy and perfect God. Deciding to say, Stuff you, God, I know how to rule my life, and not you. And we might think, Well, I haven't done that, not me. No, the Bible says we've all done that, we've all made that decision. And the punishment is death. Not simply uh, when we die, but actually being cut off eternally from God. But at Easter, we celebrate. A God of love. And we've been singing about it this morning, haven't we? See look now to a cross, see him hanging there, all in the name of love. You know, I love that, um, uh, the interpretation that John brought about seeing our sin, but because of love, he came and rescued us. Because he's a God of love. See, Jesus wasn't hanging on that cross because of his sin. He had no sin. He was there because of yours and because of mine. And he stayed there, taking the full punishment so that we didn't have to. So the power of sin and death could be broken in our lives and defeated at the cross. And when we see this, we we understand that the resurrection is God's declaration That sin and death is defeated forever. Jesus was victorious over them. See, people often misunderstand Christianity. They think, okay, it's about uh, meaning going to church, attending religious things, reading the Bible, praying regularly, being a morally good person. And then hopefully at the end of your life, hopefully those good things have outweighed those sins that you did. Uh, Hopefully they'll kind of way out better, and God will, will hopefully love you and let you into heaven. That totally misses the point. Absolutely. See, there's nothing wrong with those things I mentioned. But if we think they're the basis for dealing with our sin, we are so, so wrong. See, the chasm between us and God is too wide. The depth of sin, too deep. See, the only way is to receive the victory Jesus has won for us over sin and death. See, the resurrection reminds us that God declared his death to be enough. See, he was satisfied. God was satisfied. The resurrection shouts to us, Jesus' death was enough. Sin and death cannot hold him. He is victorious over it. See, perhaps you're a Christian here this morning, and you sometimes think, what do I need to add to the work of Jesus on the cross? What do I need to bring to it? You know, there must be some things I need to do to make me acceptable to God. The resurrection reminds us there is nothing you can add to what Jesus did on the cross for you. Nothing. Jesus' death was sufficient. He was victorious the resurrection declares that it's often like not that I watch lots of boxing but you know you see where if you watch a boxing match and you see the guy just get knocked down and the referee just lifts his arm up victorious it was enough I'm satisfied you're the winner you've won Jesus has won do you know, this morning, a little later on, I'm going to give the opportunity for you to receive that victory that Jesus has won for you, personally, for you. You can make Jesus Lord of your life. So, truth, satisfaction, and finally, hope. See, for many in our modern society, hope hope of a a better future, hope for the future, isn't something that they would easily grasp onto. Some would say hope is something lacking in our modern life, perhaps. You know, we have comforts like no other time in history. Yet, at the same time, we sense a kind of lack of hope around us. So let's go back to our reading. We see how Mary's tears of despair returned to hope as she encountered Jesus. She recognises him. She says his name. uh, When he says her name, Mary. And she goes back to the disciples. I've seen him. I've seen the Lord. See, something changed Mary. Something changed Jesus' first followers. The historians say there was lots of Jewish movements of that time. But usually, when the founder died out, they so did the movement. The movement just died out as well. But Christianity, on the other hand, exploded. Why? It's because of hope. They had a hope. They had seen Jesus had conquered death. And they knew there was hope. Hope is so important. I remember um, my first job, working uh, in my first job, and uh, it was for a company that made uh, shampoo and shower gel, and uh, they made hair dye. Do you know, I could have all the women's hair dye I wanted. (laughs) I could have all the shower gel. Everyone at Christmas that year got shampoo and shower gel. And hair dye. I can't remember if you did, Jodie, or not. I probably splashed out for you. Um, but, do you know, I-, I, could buy, I could buy at discount rate, all of that stuff. But it was not long since uh, I hadn't met Jodie. I'd met her a few months before that, before working in this job. And uh, for all the, the cheap cosmetic products, actually, there were long days. And there were new challenges, and I really, really fell out of my depth. But I knew that if on that weekend I was going to get to see Jodie, do you know there was hope? Uh, oh, don't ah. Uh. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't—it wasn't a will I, won't I? Will I see her? Maybe I will. No, no, I know I'm seeing her this weekend. Do you know there's hope? I can get—I can get her this week. Do you know, I'm seeing Jody. don't be embarrassing that, it's alright. <laughs> Do you know, I knew there was hope, hope is so, so important. Do you know, there's hope for today, there's hope for tomorrow, there's hope for next week. You see, ultimate hope isn't found in a relationship, or in a job, or in a new car, or in the latest gadgets you know, hope is found in Jesus. Ultimate hope is found in him. And it's found because he is alive today. See, it changes our life now. See, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can live in you and me. In fact, it says, if you are a Christian, it does live in you and I. You see, Christian hope isn't just simply, everything will be alright when you die, you'll go to heaven. Actually, it changes us now and brings hope today. So those difficulties that you're facing, perhaps, maybe relationship struggles, that difficult job situation, that health situation, do you know there is hope? It's not all suddenly going to become easy. But we can face it in the light of Jesus is alive today. He's interested in our lives. He acts today and ultimately he'll put all things right. And yes, there is the hope of one day, as Jesus was resurrected from the dead, one day, so will you and I for those who believe in him. See, one famous Christian author puts it like this. How can you be totally sure when you look at the horrible stuff that has happened in your life and out in the world that someday God is going to make it all right? How can you not just hope so, but be absolutely sure that in spite of your own failures, God loves you and will never let you go? How can you know that when you face death, it is not the end? Only if you know that Jesus rose from the dead, and therefore, so will you. So, the resurrection changes everything. Truth, satisfaction, hope. Oh look, I've still got an hour. You said 12 o'clock, didn't you? Excellent. I want to finish with this. You you might have seen in the news a few months ago. They discovered the lost grave of King Richard III, an old 15th-century king, who they knew died in in a battle. They kind of had a rough idea of perhaps where he was buried, and they found him under a car park in Leicester. And they did some DNA tests and other things, and said, you know, this is. Richard III. This is him. This is that 15th century king that died in battle. And we found him. And there's a big debate about where his bones should be buried. Should they be buried in Leicester, where he died? Should they be buried up here in York? Because that's where he he loved York and they say he wanted to be buried there or something like that. So they're having this argument about where should he be buried. But do you know, whilst they're arguing over where he should be buried... No one is saying, you know, I'm going to give my life to following this king. I will base my life on his words and his actions. Why? Because he's dead. He's dead. But do you know, this Jesus, who is king of all, is alive today. There are no bones to argue about, and he is worth giving your life to. You can know him today. You can know this risen Jesus in your life. You can know that God the Father is satisfied with his victory over sin and death. And know the hope that he brings. But you know, this is something you need to accept. This is something you need to put your... You know, you need to make a decision. I'm going to follow this Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow him it's an act of faith but it's faith in a person maybe maybe you, you know that today maybe you know I'm. that's a, something I want to do I want to make that step today in a minute as I've, after I've prayed for all of us I'm going to pray a prayer and you can just repeat it in your heart and say do you know Jesus I'm making a step towards you I'm wanting to invite you into my life to be my saviour to be my Lord why don't we uh, just pray for a little bit I just want us to come before this risen Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus that death could not hold you you're alive today alive and ruling and by your spirit you're here <laughs> you're here amongst us And your resurrection power is available to us. (laughs) Thank you that we can know, because of the resurrection, we're set free. There's no condemnation. We're made yours. Sin and death is dealt with. And we are brought into your family. Thank you. thank you thank you your resurrection power is available to us today thank you for those difficult circumstances we're in whatever they might be do you know if you're in difficult circumstances if there's things in your life you know I need to know a sense of resurrection power Jesus in power in my life just bring those to him now He's here. Thank you. You don't just suddenly give us all we want, make it, everything work just how we want it, for our um, comfort as such, but so much for our good. And you love us. And as we see you, the risen Jesus, we're changed and Everything is put into focus because you are alive today. Thank you. Maybe you are at that point where you just want to, just want to give your life to Jesus. As we've been talking and uh, singing, you just sense that I want to, I want to make that decision to follow Him. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can pray it as well in your heart after I've said the words. This is between you and God, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Lord, please forgive me. I turn away from from those things I've done wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me, so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you. You had victory. Over sin and death. Thank you that you've risen. And you offer me forgiveness. And the sure and certain hope to be in my life. And thank you you promise to be with me forever. Thank you Lord. Amen. Amen.